All right, so welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. My name is Brian Lovell. I am here with my co-host, John Jones, and we are riding shotgun together with you today for a conversation um, about where is the economy going, specifically in regards to inflation? How does inflation affect um, mortgage rates and the real estate industry? Um yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll just start start by saying since since all of this in COVID, we've been blessed with a f- phenomenal ride down interest rates, mm-hmm. um, you know, historic lows um, for both short and long term rates. Um, at what point does that stop, pause, and then go back the other way? Yeah, well, so I, I think you know, obviously, inflation is the concern, and we'll just go out and let the cat out of the bag. Inflation, no es bueno for mortgage rates. No All bueno. Right? In, it, the, as inflation increases, it's going to cause mortgage interest rates to increase. How have we gotten to here, I think, is one of the questions we need to answer first. And so it's like you, you took seventh or eighth grade, eighth grade economics, and it's the whole supply and demand, right? Right now, there is a demand for a lot of goods and services that... The inventory inventory was slowed because of COVID, right? Shut down. For and many so cases, yes. the less of those goods available, the higher the, the cost of, of those, those goods, goods goes. And uh, that's where we get inflation. And you jump that on top of right now, record amount of unemployment and you have a perfect storm brewing. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you see it now since COVID and, uh, with the shortage in supply, when you go out, uh, whatever goods and services you are seeking, you know, even in the grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, many, many of those items are now uh, up substantially. Oh, well, shoot, John, the crazy thing to me is like if you've been into a grocery store lately, it looks like a hurricane is coming a lot of times. Every week in Florida. You know, you know de- depending on the aisle that you go down, you can't find something you're shopping for. Like I've never seen grocery stores, again, I'm like relating it to when a hurricane, when a when it's, a big hurricane is coming, the stores get wiped out. They're not wiped out like that right now, but there's still a lot of things you go into the store and you can't find. Yeah, you know? that, that's true in grocery stores and, uh, and and Home Depots and Lowe's, you know, across many parts of the country right now. I think you find that they're 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 reporting record earnings. Um, but anytime I'm in Lowe's or Home Depot, there are a ton of people. I mean, yes. it's it, it, it's insane. Yeah, so I can remember waiting in line to get into Home Depot, like, while we were in quarantine. Right. You I know? mean, it, it, it's definitely been a time that, you know, with us isolated at home, we, we've been noticing things that we probably wouldn't have noticed yeah. in a normal, you know, get up, go to work type of environment. Yeah. But many of us now are starting to play catch up on some deferred maintenance. Yeah. Oh, listen, my, I mean, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You're, you're looking at the guy. Yeah. I've done more home improvement projects or how about instead of home improvement, how about home repair, <laughs> right? To some degree than I've ever done before. And, and part of it was because like you didn't have anything to do on the weekend. So, hey, I might as well go fix X, Y and Z. I might as well go do ABC. And yeah, and absolutely. That's, that's how it started. Yeah. So so getting back to, to the conversation about inflation, you know, we talk about. Um, you know, a lot of this is driven by consumer demand. Um, you know, a lot of un- there's a record amount of unemployment um, that doesn't help either. And we'll get into the unemployment conversation and forbearance and how it affects everything here in, in, in this podcast. But um, wh- what 
tools do does the Fed have to help slow this down? The one tool would be to to, to raise interest rates. Um, they've said that they're not they're going to hold off and then they're going to let the economy run hot. Um, you know, they're going to try to keep it stimulated. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, as prices escalate and continue to increase, they're going to have to do something to slow up you know, slow up that, 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 that push. Yeah. Uh, and, slow yeah and, that. and you're talking about the, the, um, the daily fed funds rate, which right now is currently at zero. Correct. Um, by the way, that doesn't mean mortgage rates are zero. They are the, not zero. The, the two do not go hand in hand. They op- oftentimes actually they work the opposite of each other. Um, but, um, you know, if, if you can continue to see inflation, grow the way it currently is, you are going to start to see pressure on long-term interest rates. So what do you think that's going to mean for our business, both on the finance side and on the real estate side? Yeah, I mean, many many people are predicting that we're going to have a little bump up here over the next few months in interest rates. Nothing drastic, but um, I think the, the forecast, you and I were just at an event recently where one of the leading experts, um, you know, uh, made mention that we may see rates here in the next three to six months, you know, at three and a half, um, maybe three and three quarters. Oh, no. You know, so <laughs> as we say uh, three and a half, as we panic, we, we don't want to <laughs> date ourselves. But Brian Level was in the business when he sold 13 and a half. I was not. <laughs> the very first mortgage I ever closed was a 30 year interest only refinance and it was 7%. That is a that was I was refining plenty of people at 8. <laughs> I will tell you that. You know, it was a it was a refinance at 7%. That was in April, I'm sorry, that was about August of 2007, I believe. Yeah. The, you know, um, it's just crazy. Um, you know, yes. Yeah, so to think that three per three and a half percent is an uptick could slow down on mortgage interest right. rates could slow down. Um, a couple of things that you see ha- will happen. Let's talk first from the refinance perspective of it. Um, and a lot of people, I think, will be surprised by this. I was is that you'll actually see an increase in the number of homeowners who want to refinance. Right. And so the panic sets in the panic sets in that. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to miss the bottom. Which, by the way, by the time that panic sets in, you did you did miss the bottom. You in fact missed the bottom. Right. Um, you're probably in the bottom or somewhere near the bottom right now, um, if you're interested in that. But um, what'll happen is, as interest rates tick up a little bit, we know that there was something around um, four trillion dollars in refinances out there for homeowners to do. We've hit one, and we've closed one trillion of it. Um, so far since like last July, actually, so a little over a year, um, that's three trillion more. Um, that's seventy five percent more than we've closed. Still to do. So um, there's quite a bit. That, like this bullet train that we're on right now isn't going to slow down um, anytime soon in, in terms of in terms of. And that's on the refinance side. Yeah, you know? not with rates at this level. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I, it's going to continue to be a great run for us. Yeah. Talk a little bit, John, about how how would higher interest rates affect the real estate market and home affordability? Yeah, I mean, I think let, let's just shift gears real quick and talk about an opportunity right now for people, one, to either refinance with these low levels and or two, to do a step up in home. Sure. Um, you know, right now we are at um, nationwide record low inventories, inventory levels. In, uh, in existing homes that that are for sale. So 
it, for every 10 homes listed in a month now, we're, we're selling nine are under contract that first month. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a homeowner now, that may mean it's a time to look at a bigger home. Um, yeah. That step up home with an extra bedroom, yeah. more square footage if, if you're working from home now, maybe a swimming pool. Um, with rates low rather than a refi, maybe you're at four, four and a half percent or a higher rate. Take the opportunity to see what that bigger home cost would would be for you at you know at a much lower interest rate. So what you're what you're I'm hearing you suggesting is instead of refinancing into a low rate on the home that you already have, what would happen if you sold the home that you currently have, which has had probably a record amount of equity yep. into it now took the gain on sale, the gain on equity of that home and invested it in a new larger place. You know, John, would it be possible that you could have a similar mortgage payment? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And in fact, uh, I think I was telling you this morning that, you know, I have a personal friend that that, that bought his first home just, just a little over a year ago and financed through us. Well, and at the time, you know, he qualified for a certain size home based on interest rates, you know, at four, four and a quarter percent. Mm-hmm. Um, they were happy. They've been in the home. They've done some improvements. Well, you know, what? one thing that they didn't have when they bought this new home was a swimming pool. Okay. Um, you know, when they started pricing out what the cost wa- were was going to be for them to ultimately get that pool or the pool they wanted, no bueno, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so now they started look. They got with a realtor, realized how much equity, crazy enough, is, is their property values are up over 20% with the improvements. They've done a complete remodel. Wow. So they've got a, they've got that equity they're going to take in right now and they're closing schedule to close uh, next month with a, a home with an extra bedroom and a pool and their payments not not much different. Wow, I mean that's you know here's the crazy thing about that and then we're in a second we've we've got to give a call to action to some real estate agents because this is a you're yes. blowing you're blowing my mind here okay so when you build a pool what do you think a average pool costs today new for you to build it. I mean, I think bare bone right now with the with the demand out there, it has to be fifty, sixty thousand. So you're gonna you're gonna take the the space that you have available in your backyard right now. You're gonna build a pool on your existing home. It's gonna cost you between fifty and sixty thousand dollars minimum. Now, when you go to sell that home, how much value does it? Do you get the full sixty thousand? Well, I mean, the answer you, is no. The answer is no, <laughs> right? As a as a more former so, real estate agent, more you so know. today. I mean, I think now that we know that pool, that, that pool homes are the hottest seller right now here in Florida and many states because of COVID. Yeah, you know that 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 pool home was not normally you know sought after like it is now. Yeah, so that demand has definitely changed and shifted. Um, so I, I I can't say it, it was the way it was pre COVID. Yeah. But typically, when when a home goes to get appraised and it has a pool, the value that the appraiser assigns to that home of the cost it, of the pool, it, yeah, is like maybe twenty five to fifty yeah, percent of the cost of the pool. It, you, you don't always get the money back out of it, and so like what I'm hearing you say is, hey, instead of going and adding a pool onto your home, sell the home with the equity that it's got in it now. And go, and go a buy home. a pool home because you'll actually save some money on the construction sure. costs somewhat. Absolutely. You know, you could save twenty five yeah. or $30,000 um, instead of spending $60,000, adding it to your mortgage as a cash out refinance or whatever. 
That's pretty remarkable. So here's the call to action if you're a real estate agent. Pick up the phone. You've got it. You've got to pick up the phone. It doesn't matter if you sold them a home last year or 10 years ago. You need to be having a conversation with your previous customers about what their needs are today. Absolutely. Right. Because, you know, I, one of the things that you and I saw again this weekend, we were looking at some statistics that the, the average, the, the number one motivator right now for buyers is an increase in their home. And by increase, I mean like you were just two and now you started having babies and you're three, or maybe you went from three to four. And that's the number one motivator in, in folks, really, truly folks going from renters to homeowners, to, to homeowners right? And so, you know, I mean, just like there's so much, if you're a real estate agent right now, there's so much opportunity out there just by getting into your database and finding out what the needs may be. Right. And if you're aligned with the right mortgage professional, they're going to help got be able to help guide you through this process. You know, you've got a team is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an excellent way to just reach out and touch your past clients. Right. Yeah. I mean, if anything, um, you, you know, you can tell them rates are low and they may want to consider refining yeah. and be partnered up with that lender that's going to help help that them through that process. Um, but at the same time, you work as a team and maybe do bring up that conversation about is it time to go into a, a larger home? Is it time to go into a smaller home? Mm-hmm. You know, because if it, again, we talked about the inventory level, there is none. So nationwide shortage means what? Higher prices. Yeah. Right? We talked about the inflation right now. If you want to sell a home, you're not going to wait six months. I no. mean, if you go through, you know, a, a licensed realtor and utilize them, they're going to, they're going to do the CMA and they're going to price your home where it's going to sell and it's going to sell. 30, 60 days. Oh, it might I mean, sell. That's, it, it's probably it going to go into contract day one. It right. might sell in a weekend and you might have multiple offers on it. Um, yeah, 100% for sure. And that's and that's why you're seeing, um, you know, a home prices increase as rapidly as they are right now is there's just, there's Supply way more demand. buyers out there than there are, than there is inventory. And like you said, we can go back to seventh, eighth grade economics and figure out supply and demand. Now, if interest rates start to tick up a little bit because of inflation, does that change home affordability? Does that put pressure on home prices? You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, at some point, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, right now you're looking, you know, uh, if you finance 250000 at, let's say, 2.5%, you're looking at payment of maybe in the mid-900s, principal and interest. You know, uh, a percent increase in rate that same two fifty is going to cost you another one hundred and thirty, one hundred and fifty dollars a month, mm-hmm. or fifty thousand dollars over a thirty year term. Um, yeah. So it's definitely there's 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 a fine line to affordability. Um, r- rates this low are allowing prices to take a run, yeah, uh, if you will. But the, you know, rates at four four and a half percent, it's going to put a lid right on that quickly. Yeah. I just I'm reading a note here that you had made for us that that one percent increase. And payment is about $130 a month. Yep. But what you're going to pay in interest over the life of the loan is over 47 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You want to know the real cost of waiting? <laughs> it's 47 grand. Absolutely. Throw $130 a month out the window. 47 grand is a lot of money. That's that. That's a lot of money. That <laughs> that puts somebody through college. Uh, through college. You know. At least by today's standard. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. So, um, you know, John's kind of segue and let's talk about something else that's going on in the economy that's going to affect 
housing and finance and and that's the current rate of unemployment right and Absolutely. so you know due to covid we saw a lot of folks get furloughed or go on unemployment um, although we've had a pretty quick um, recovering recovery um, we're not all the way there you know and then add to that equation the ability to go into forbearance if you have a mortgage or to not pay rent um, you know, if you were a renter, what kind of effect is this going to have on the overall picture? I mean, I think it's a wait and see at this point. I mean, as of, you know, us today, we're still at, um, you know, we still have 7% of homeowners um, in forbearance, which uh, translation is three and a half million homeowners. Um, at the peak, uh, we were up at a, up at a eight and a half percent and, um, oh, in 4.3 million that were um that were in forbearance so it's gotten better but certainly we don't know what the outcome where we're gonna how this plays out when that expires yeah you know the interesting thing is that um you know with the record amount of unemployment that we're seeing right now we haven't necessarily seen a huge slowdown in housing now let me give the caveat to that and the strength for us right now yes it's like okay certainly march April, May, when we were truly locked down, um, you saw year over year home sales go down. I'm going to put my dime out there and say you're not going to see the year end that way. We're already seeing in July and August year over year sales and increase. And you got to be thinking to yourself, well, what I don't understand is that you've got a record number of people in unemployment, but housing is strong. Unemployment, you've been in the business a long, long time, longer than me. You've been on both sides of this transaction, real estate and finance. And you know that unemployment is the kiss of death for this business. Yes. Right. And so the reason for that is the segments of unemployment based on occupation. And I think the question that you have to ask is, where are those job losses at, right? And so, yes, there's a record number of unemployment, but when you look at jobs in different buckets by industry, some of those have higher unemployment numbers than others. Um, and so you've got to look at it at a more narrow level than, you know, it's, yeah, Exactly. Level. Different than 07, 8, 9, it, it's not broad-based. Um, this isn't affecting the entire economy. Uh, many financial institutions are having a great run right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, businesses, certain industries are doing very well. Um, I, I think we're all ordering um, stuff through Amazon. We just talked about <laughs> Lowe's, Home Depot, yes. Publix. I mean, so all of those industries, they're booming right now. So they're, they're, they're having a great run. And those are the folks out there that are looking to still move forward and buy homes. And by the same token, those, those people that are in, in, in an industry, that has had to that has the COVID impact, if you will, restaurant, leisure, mm-hmm. um, transportation, and some 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 st- um, some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those folks right now they're just sitting on the sideline. I mean, un- you know, they just don't have that opportunity just yet yep. um, until that we're back up at a hundred percent and they're back. You yeah. know, you know, earning earning normal yeah. wages. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think the other you know you mentioned um, the COVID factor. I think one of the other COVID factors is with people who were in their homes for as long of a period as they were, like you and I were talking, like I'm sitting there going, man, I am tired of looking at that wall. Like it needs to be painted, right? There are some people who are like, I'm tired of living in this freaking house. It's too small, you know, or it doesn't have a home office and now I need one, or it doesn't have a pool and now I want one or whatever it may be. That is the buyer that's getting out of the marketplace right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw something interesting the other day. I was reading that I think we just passed. We broke a record with um, with uh, children coming back in, into the home. Um, it's it's at twenty nine thirty percent now of, of folks under the age of thirty that are coming back. Previous record was like nineteen seventy three. So, mom and dad, guess what? You may want a bigger home. Yeah, mom, mom and dad, if you have a child under thirty, they might be moving in. They with might you. be coming back home right now. <laughs> Oh, man, I, it's crazy because when you think about that, it's totally going off a topic. But like right now, the hardest thing for me to put my head around is I can't imagine my kids going away to college. And I know I'm years yeah. away from that. I'm with you. there. But like I'm like, slow it down, slow it down. You're growing up too fast. And then when they get that age, they're like, yo, you already left. You can't come back. You can't There's come back. There's no returns here. <laughs> Your bedroom's my gym. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm telling you, like I went on my honeymoon and I came back and my dad had converted my bedroom to an office. Yeah, that's you know, it. Like literally my, remodeled the my whole thing. Po- I'm my, like, I'm my posters were gone and, and out the window. <laughs> I haven't gone a week. You've got new furniture, new carpet. You repainted the whole nine yards. Yeah. Hey, let, let's just shift gears here and talk real quick. We talked about, you know, we're, we're um, in a downturn economy-wise with unemployment. Mm-hmm. But the difference between now and 0789 is we're not upside down. We've got more home yeah. equity than we've had ever. Well, I think part of what crushed housing back during the Great Depression, and I call it the Great Depression because I was depressed every single day. Um, as, as was I'm, I. As I'm sure you were as <laughs> Very well. depressed. It was very depressing, <laughs> but it, that's why I call it the Great Depression. But that period of time was like 08 through 10. Um, you know, housing took a hard, hard hit. And that's where the majority of Americans probably had a lot of their wealth in. Um, today, it's a much, much different story. Um, and part of that reason is, you know, we're not really doing loans anymore that, you know, people were getting loans for over the value of the home. So they were already in a negative equity position. You know, we weren't proving income. There's a lot of things that were going on. Well, in today's environment, um, everybody has equity. So like if you're an agent out there and you're worried about or you're wondering, hey, are we going to go back to those short sale times where like, three out of four homes that got listed for sale were a short sale? The answer is no. Um, Are there going to be a record number of foreclosures? The answer is no. Um, And the reason for that is we have equity today. Um, You know, and so the statistics, there's 86 million um, homeowners uh, that have mortgages in the country. Of that number, uh, 34% of them own their home free and clear. clear. The yeah, rest of them, their average loan to value is 53%, Yeah. right? So that means they have 47% equity in their home. And the average amount of equity that they have is $177,000. So yes, some people are going to get into a financial pickle. By the way, I, d- I do believe forbearance will lead to delinquency. And we'll talk about it here in a second, but I don't know that it's going to lead to short sales and foreclosures. Um, but the, when somebody gets into that difficult situation, they're going to be able to sell the home. They're going to be able to find a qualified Correct. buyer for it, and they're going to be able to get equity out of it. And then, you know, really, when you think about it, if they, it, it you know, they're going to be in a much better position. You know, you sold your home back in 08 through 10. You walked away from the closing table with zero dollars and you still had to go find an apartment or a house to rent with no seed money for the first and last or whatever. Today, they'll be able to take that equity from their house, maybe pay off some bills. They'll be able to go 
yeah. find housing and they'll be able to get a fresh restart. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't wish that on anybody, by the way. Don't hear me saying that. I do not wish that on anybody, but we will be in a much better position um, as a country than we were before when, in fact, something like this does, does happen. And so you had mentioned earlier, John, that um, three and a half million homeowners are in forbearance. That's yes, correct. Right. So at some point you got to pay your mortgage. That's coming soon. Yes. <laughs> so what, what's the what's the story on that? I believe that, you know, we've got until the end of this year uh, under the current situation. And then they, they they've got to renegotiate or modify the loan with the existing lender or servicer. Yeah. So so at that point, and we don't really know what that looks like yet. We don't really have clarity yet. Um, what everybody would love to see happen is, hey, let me just tack all those payments onto the very end, which you're probably going to, unless you intend to pay off the home, you're never going to have to, that would be a, you never have to make those payment situation. But my guess is that those lenders are going to want money and they're going to want to renegotiate your mortgage, um, you know, based on your current ability to repay um, would be my guess. And so that may be, hey, there's a balloon payment on the end. That may be, hey, you have 12 months to get current, you know, whatever that may be. Um, but I think a lot of homeowners of those three and a half million that are in forbearance right now probably entered into it lightly and shouldn't have. Correct. There's some that did it for strategic financial pur- purposes yep. that didn't necessarily lose a job or get laid off. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I'd encourage, you know, encourage everybody, if you're in that situation, to be communicating with your lender mm-hmm. sooner than later um, and, and start the process because don't let it run to the end, um, especially if you're not in a position where you can start, you know, when that, when that time does end and they're going to start reporting delinquency, you know, if you're not able to start or restart that payment, make sure you have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, to protect yourself, protect your credit. Yeah. And the equity you have in the home. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's probably pretty solid advice. And I think, you know, some people entered into it. Like I said, they entered into it lightly and um, that's going to come back and bite you a little bit. There's no such thing as a free ride. They, they weren't, hey, I'm not making mortgage payments. You are going to make them at some point. Read the CARES Act carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it does say that you're able to modify the loan, which means defer the payments to the end of the loan. Um, I would encourage you to push that option if that's the option that works best for you. If you're not able to modify and bring payments current or take on a larger than normal payment, you know, stick stick to trying to add those payments to the end because the CARES Act does read um, no interest, no penalties. It's it's essentially can't foreclose. Can't foreclose. So I mean, if you've missed six or eight payments and they put them on the end, you've just delayed that time to pay off the home. Yeah. And like you said, in many cases, you're probably going to refire or do something sooner than that, even getting to that point. Yeah. Now, the history, the reason that's a great point is in the history of forbearance, normally you had to be able to prove a hardship. And the CARES Act provided for you not to have to provide a hardship. So what does that mean? That means there are people right now who are in forbearance that the entire time had the financial ability to make that payment and chose not to to your words, strategically. Correct. Yep. yep. Anything else you want to cover, man? What did we miss? No, I think, you, I think, I think we covered it all. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate, uh, John and I appreciate you jumping on the Context to Contracts podcast again. My name is Brian Lovell. I'm here with my co-host, John Jones. Always want you to know if there's anything that we can do whatsoever to help you in your business, whatever it is, whether you're in real estate, finance, some other business, we are here to serve 
in any way that you would allow us. Thanks for tuning in. And if you like what you see here, don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can make sure you get our podcasts every single week. Thanks, Brian.